Good morning and welcome to worship here at University Heights United Methodist Church. What beautiful uh, countdown music today, although with the, with the rain pouring and still a little turkey on our stomachs, that might just drift us off into a nap there. But hope you're here and ready to receive the very active and welcoming spirit of Christ today. And I hope you've had a beautiful Thanksgiving weekend and a time to connect with some of those whom you care about deeply. Be sure to sign in on the uh, attendance forms located in those pew folders uh, to let us know that you were with us today. If you have some information you'd like to share, change an address, prayer concerns, interest in uh, outreach and mission opportunities, you can use the connection cards in those folders. And uh, you can put those cards, once completed, back in the folders or the offering plates as they're passed later in the service. Hope you received a bulletin today uh, letting you know about our new worship series, Prepare Him Room. It's the first Sunday of Advent, if the uh, decorations didn't give that away for you today. Uh, on the back of your bulletin is a list of all of the upcoming seasonal opportunities. Uh, today is the beginning of our Advent study. Uh, I'm utilizing an Adam Hamilton study, and uh, the Adelinx class is hosting that, so all are welcome to join in their room for uh, Advent Bible study today. Next Sunday will be our carols, choirs, and Christmas treats service. Uh, so unlike a few years in the past when that was a Sunday afternoon offering, this year we're offering it on Sunday morning, so uh, you know there will be fantastic music to share. You know there will be some delicious uh, treats afterwards. You know there won't be a sermon. So, hey, all types of things to get excited about. Uh, so, so that's coming up next Sunday. So maybe you want to invite a friend or family member to be here for that special uh, music offering. Christmas Eve is on a Saturday this year. Uh, so we have moved that service to a little bit earlier in the afternoon at 4 o'clock. Um, we didn't want anyone feeling like they were going to spend the night for the next day. So that gives you time to go home and get some rest before Christmas Day service on Sunday morning. You'll notice that uh, our stuffed animal collection is growing. I think today is the last Sunday of collection for that. Um, if someone were to sneak out this afternoon and get something, maybe, I think we could probably uh, make adjustments for that. But we're going to have a blessing for our... Uh, Fletcher Place donations today, so thank you for supporting that all month long. Continuing today, the Loose Change offering will continue to support our Fletcher Place uh, Christmas collection, so thank you for that. Prepare for our family Christmas brunch. That's going to be a great opportunity, a multi-generational opportunity for kids and families to come, and uh, there will be some games, some craft options, delicious uh, brunch to be served. Uh, there's going to be some food giveaway for some of the folks that participate in that. So there is a list on the table out in the narthex of some food items that we are hoping to, to give away on that day. So if you'd like to support uh, that outreach, I encourage you to do so. Excellent. Lastly, offering envelopes for next year, for 2023, are in. Uh, they are in the church office. And so we would encourage you to drop by the church office on your way out today to pick up your offering envelopes for next year, and we'll be sure to help, uh, help you distribute those. So, wonderful. All right, well again, welcome. It's great to be with you to worship today. As you pass the peace of Christ today, perhaps you might share with your neighbor the favorite thing you ate for Thanksgiving. 
Mine was sweet potato casserole, in case you wanted to know. All right, greet those around you with the peace of Christ. Even as we prepare for the coming of Christ again, we know God is with us in this time and space, and so let us pray to prepare our hearts to receive the word God has for us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh upon us today, your people. We are eager and ready to hear your voice, to experience your compassion and grace to know your love and to feel your call and to respond faithfully. Thank you for this, this season of preparation as we await the coming of the King again in our Christmas celebration as well as the King of Victory who will come and complete that redemption work of the world. Uh, Lord God, make us attentive to the preparation we need to make in our lives spiritually to create room for you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
morning. Please stand as you're able and join in the call to worship this morning. The Lord is getting us ready to receive a gift of great joy. Watch for this gift. Be vigilant and ready, for the gift is about, is about to come. The promise of God is faithful and trustworthy. Watch, wait, the gift is coming into the world. Praise be to God for such lavish love. Amen. Let's join in the hymn of praise. Let's join this morning in the, in the opening prayer. Loving God of surprise and hope, we enter another Advent season with both excitement and weariness. We want to define delight and sparkle of this time of year, but we are worn down by our struggles and the feelings that things will never change but you are making an announcement of new life. Move us to be ready to receive your message and gift of love, that we might believe in your coming once more. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's join in the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, Father Almighty, 
maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. You may be seated. We're going to light the first candle of the Advent wreath this morning. And first, a quote from Psalm 122, verse 1. I was glad when they said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. We are glad. Whether we drove in or climbed up, whether we logged on or tuned in, we are glad to be here in this community with this family. It's a place of joyful hope, of radical welcome. It's a place where, together, we can wait in wondrous anticipation of the kingdom to come. God has said that in the days to come, the Lord shall establish God's house upon earth. And so we watch wait for God to do something special, something very unexpected. Today we light this first candle, a special candle, lighted in, the dar in darkness, shedding its meager light into our world. We light this candle as a sign of our hope, our joyous hope, that we can be restored, our faith restored, our strength restored, our confidence restored, our joy restored as we watch and wait with all God's people for the promise to be fulfilled. Come, see the light, let its brightness fill you. Come, feel the warmth of the light, let it give you comfort. Come, draw near to the light, for it is God's way of breaking through to you. Come, rejoice in the light, for God is with us. Amen.
The Old Testament lesson this morning is from Malachi chapter 4, verses 5 through 6. Lo, I will send you the prophet Elijah before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of parents to their children and the hearts of children to their parents, so that I will not come and strike the land with a curse. The New Testament lesson this morning is from Luke chapter 1, verses 5 through 17. In the days of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly order of, a, of Abijah. His wife, a descendant of Aaron, and her his wife was a descendant of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Both of them were righteous before God, living blamelessly according to all the commandments and regulations of the Lord. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren and both were getting on in years. Once when he was serving as priest before God and his section was on duty, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and offer incense. Now at the time of the incense offering, the whole assembly of people of the people was praying outside. Then there appeared to him an angel of the Lord, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was terrified, and fear overwhelmed him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, 
Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear a son, and you will name him John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He must never drink wine or strong drink. Even before his birth, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit. He will turn many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. With the spirit and power of Elijah, he will go before him to turn the hearts of parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. sure this was on and it is okay good morning how are all of you today did you have a wonderful thanksgiving oh god well, you did i just heard that once you are 70 years old you will have spent three years of your life just waiting waiting in line at the grocery store the doctor's office lunch to be ready even waiting for recess at school. Dr. Seuss wrote a book called, Oh, the Places You'll Go, and he talks about a place called the waiting place. He describes it as a useless place where people are just waiting, waiting for a train to go, or a bus to come, or a plane to go, or the mail to come, or the rain to go, or the phone to ring, or the snow to snow, or waiting for their hair to grow. Everyone is just waiting. Well, I don't, particularly think that, or I don't particularly like to wait, but I don't think it has to be totally useless like what Dr. C, Dr. Sue says, um, but I think we can do some things while we're waiting. We could like maybe text a friend or call a friend or make a list of things to do or maybe even study for your weekly spelling test. Well, that may be pushing it, but there are many things we can do besides just waiting. Well, today is the first Sunday of Advent. The word Advent means to come. Do you know what's coming? What's coming? Chris oh, Christmas is coming. Yes, we're so excited that Christmas is coming. And that is really hard to wait for. We can actually do things, though, while we're waiting for Christmas to come instead of just being useless. We can think of the true meaning of Christmas. We can think about Jesus and his love. We can think about giving and doing things for others or just instead of just receiving. We can enjoy all of the beautiful music, especially by our wonderful choir and the decorations of the season. When we do these things, we will find joy in the waiting place. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we spend time in this waiting place, we look forward with great joy to the celebration of Jesus' birth. Help us to spread joy to others as we wait for Christmas to come. Amen. And have a wonderful week, boys and girls.
fascinating stat about waiting, Susan. I was wondering, though, if it includes people who have been to Disney World, because that would bump them up probably an extra year. <laughs> I feel as though I am beginning to run the race of Christmas. It gets this way every year I want to focus on Jesus, but I get caught in the trap of decorating and purchasing. Why do the holidays have to be so exhausting? My children have all grown and lived so far away. It doesn't feel like the holidays anymore. Scripture says, watch and wait, but that's all I ever do anymore. Watch as time rushes by, wait for a call for words of love and joy from my family. I feel alone. Is there a message of hope for me this season? I have a business to run. Much of the bottom line depends on Christmas deals. I feel pressured to push items earlier and earlier each year so that I can meet my quota, so that I can ensure job security for my staff. The pressures of the corporation make it difficult to feel the joy of the season. The holidays are just one great big sale. How am I to find Christ in the midst of all of this? Do you feel like these voices, friends? Unsure of what Christmas will bring? Lost the sense of expectation? Feel like life is falling out of focus? But do not be afraid. The Lord is ready to bless our lives, to give us hope. For God has an announcement, and God is bringing to us the greatest gift. And so, indeed, we do watch and wait and get ready. Let us pray. Lord God, thank you for this space and time in which we can pause, breathe, sit in amongst your spirit, that we might be reminded of who we are and who you call us to be, and that we might see again your glorious vision for us and for your world, that we might hear again your voice of redemption, knowing that that voice has spoken to us and is coming to get. Lord God, we anticipate with joy, make us ready to see you. I do pray in Christ's name. Amen. Announcements. We've all heard announcements before, I am sure. I'm recalling a, a memory in which I was in JCPenney, and I was in the dressing room trying on some pants, and I heard an announcement over the loudspeaker. Uh, friends and guests, the store will be closing in 10 minutes. You've all heard that before. Well, I would say maybe a given 90 seconds after that announcement was made, they started turning off the lights in the store and in the dressing room. And uh, so I, you know, somebody needed to get home. An employee was ready for dinner, I suppose. But 
I wasn't quite sure if I was wearing the clothes I had worn in or if I still had the clothes on from the store. Um, I didn't make a sale that day because I, you know, I didn't get a good look at what I wanted to wear. Announcements. David, you are needed in the principal's office. Now that's an announcement I did not want to hear unless it uh, involves some kind of scholarship or special award. And uh, I don't recall a memory of being called to the principal's office. Maybe if I did, I have blurred that out and erased it. I, do, I, I did wish to hear as a child the announcement, with the 10th pick in the NBA draft, the Pacers have selected David Nguyen from Fort Wayne. I would have loved to hear that announcement. But since I did not make my middle school basketball team, uh, that announcement became a little far-fetched. One of the greatest announcements some people make is a birth announcement. Did you know that uh, Queen Elizabeth II, with her pregnancy of Prince Andrew in 1959, issued a birth announcement? It was an apology. <laughs> I apologize for being pregnant and will only slightly change my work schedule. Nowadays, birth announcements become very cute, exciting ways for families to share that they were about to have the child. It's almost a, a contest to see who can find the cutest and funniest. So I, I picked out a few of mine. Some of these are a little dated. You may have seen them, but they were fun. I call this one uh, surprise to death. So uh, yes, the husband is anxiously awaiting the birth of his child. The next one I call the sidekick, yes. Every superhero needs a sidekick, so this little guy will be getting a new brother or sister soon. Uh, if, you, if you've had a few children already, what's one more, you know? <laughs> Coming soon to a family new year, another child. Uh, the tiebreaker, I like this. Girls, boys, one to one, who will it be? Who will take the lead? Find out in November. I like that one, I like that one. Uh, this is cute, you know, the tricycle, oh, a bicycle built for two, and you see that little red tricycle, oh, it'll be filled like by a loved one, oh, that's, that's kind of scenic, I like that. This one, not so much, happy tummies. One wants applesauce, one wants beer, the other has a baby, and there you go. <laughs> Very good. For those of you who like your coffee, we've got the Starbucks birth announcement, a little baby bottle of Starbucks. <laughs> ready to serve up some caffeine. This one I like as a Star Wars fan, a little stormtrooper coming near you. Very cute. Dog versus baby, who will win? <laughs> the pet versus child, I've lived that one. And lastly, uh, the eviction notice. You know, this is for the, <laughs> for the, the little sister, you will be removed soon from your crib. Make space. So those are some exciting birth announcements. Maybe you've had a, a cute few shared in your family from time to time. We're going to be talking a little bit about birth announcements here today. In the ancient world, uh, some announcements would be made when a king or a ruler would leave their capital and, and make an official visit to other regions of the kingdom. They would send out a proclaimer, an announcer, to share the news. The king, the emperor is coming. And this announcement would summon the people and the leaders to make preparations. Uh, communities would coordinate grand ceremonies to welcome this visiting ruler. Decorations would be set, a procession of the citizens outside the city walls. They would carry flowers or they would wave palm branches. They would have lights and incense, 
fill the air with song and acclamation. These ceremonies to welcome the king into town were called the Adventus of the visiting ruler. The ruler is coming. And so today we begin this season of our own Adventus Advent, this festival for the coming of the Lord of all creation into our midst. It's a four-week time of preparation, welcoming the birth of a Savior. But we're also coming to renew our lives spiritually for the coming of Christ again, coming again to fulfill the will of God to create a new heaven and a new earth. This year, our given focus will be preparing Christmas by studying and reflecting upon the messenger, the announcer, the one who comes before the Messiah to announce that a king is arriving. God is sending a man named John to summon the community to prepare spiritually for Christ. It was long believed, echoed by the words of Malachi that Mike read for us today, God will send a prophet, Elijah, back to earth before the Messiah is coming. Elijah will come with a message of preparation, saying a day of judgment will be arriving. Return to God and God will return to you. Jews to this day continue to end their Sabbath celebration by beckoning Elijah to come. Christians see that figure in John, the fulfillment of Elijah, the one who announces the Messiah and his ministry are entering our lives and transforming our hearts. And so for four weeks, we will be engaging and listening to the messenger John. But before we hear his words, today we spend time in his birth, the birth announcement of the announcer. So if Christmas and the coming of Jesus is the main attraction, today I invite you into the prequel. And this backdrop is blessing and hardship. Blessing and hardship. John's parents, Zechariah and Elizabeth, were of Aaron's line, a priestly family. Their lineage and name was greatly respected. They enjoyed a life of economic stability, revered social status in the community. Advanced in age, they had proven to avoid sickness, injury, scars of famine or war. They had a rich family life, noted in their piety, their diligence to spiritual disciplines. We could say they lived with great purpose and clarity of call, a life of blessing. They also lived in a period of time when people, the people were under foreign occupation. The Roman Empire, although allowing freedom of religious expression, Rome still levied a very heavy presence economically, culturally, militarily. Herod the Great had been elevated to king in Palestine as a reward of his service to Rome. At 67 years old, Herod was growing older. He was becoming more paranoid. His health was declining, leading to more rash, drastic executive orders. Political unrest raised questions in the people. What is God doing? Where is God in the midst of this uncertainty and harm? Is God still promising to restore us our hope for Israel? 
Besides fear for their own national insecurity, Zechariah and Elizabeth had the anguish of a couple that had been unable to have children. There was the emotional pain of that loss, compounded by social stigma. We know during that time, women were held responsible for the couple's inability to have children. It was interpreted as a sign of God's judgment against her. She must be guilty of some secret sin despite her reputation as a godly woman. And this mark brought suffering, it brought shame on her husband. Elizabeth knew her devotion to the Lord, and yet her faithfulness, her family line, had not proved adequate to appease God, to grant a child. Certainly she had some of her own spiritual wrestling in her struggle. Blessing and hardship. How do you enter into this season of preparation? Are you more apt to acknowledge your place, your position within the care of God? You feel a strong sense of God's call on who you are? Are you weighed down by sorrow in this season? Do you feel injustice is sweeping over you, your life, the community around you? If you were to announce to the world today your current experience, who you are in your life, what would you proclaim? Blessing? Sorrow? And what would you say about Christmas? Can it make any difference in what you are feeling today? Can it transform who you are? Well, despite whatever spiritual crisis this family may have been having, they had been praying. They've been praying for a long time. Imagine this long life of Zechariah and Elizabeth praying for children, praying for liberation in their nation, praying for religious revitalizing in their community. Years of prayer. And those prayers seemingly going unanswered. We don't know how old they might be, but they've endured unanswered prayer for decades, decades of prayer. Perhaps praying at this point for clarity, for God's wisdom, for understanding why their life has turned out this way, for their loss, for God to relieve some of their shame, for God to show them their life still has promise, and yet no change. When you pray and your prayers go unanswered, does that pray change how you pray? Does your prayer life change after some time? Do you get discouraged in your prayer? Have you found a rhythm, a vital rhythm, that cannot be thwarted? Your prayer sustains. Can you imagine praying for something for decades, remaining steadfast? What do you think is needed most for persistence in your prayer? How might persistent prayer be part of the preparation that this Advent is calling for you? Is there something this Advent that you will be sure to pray again and again, without ceasing, without failing? Zechariah enters into that designated area of the temple to burn incense. It's a rare honor for him. 
His division of priests would be selected to serve the temple perhaps two weeks out of the year. And then with the casting of lots, he was selected amongst that group to go into the holy place of the temple, seen by only a select few. And in that space, Zechariah is visited by Gabriel, one of the seven archangels of late Judaism, the divine messenger, often sent to articulate God's plan. And Gabriel makes our birth announcement that will forever change Zechariah and Elizabeth's life. But to these words, Zechariah is afraid and skeptical. And we know to be surprised, to be caught off guard, to be leery, to be untrusting. These are all human conditions, aren't they? Coping mechanisms of our brain to avoid danger, to ensure survival. But are we to expect a bit more from Zechariah? Maybe because he's a priest, because he believes, because he's been soaked in prayer, maybe. Is he no longer expecting God to answer? Was God no longer able to create something new in his life? Could he not imagine that God would speak on this holy ground he was in, the most holy part of the church? Could not God speak from here? Could Zechariah and his spiritual task, his work, his ministry, that he's in the midst of lighting the candles, preparing the space, couldn't that holy work lead to God interjecting a new word? Do you know what happens to Zechariah? He's rendered speechless for nine months. That's quite, a, that's quite a punishment for a religious professional to be told not to talk for a while. Barbara Brown Taylor says that Zechariah's sin was not his doubt and disbelief, but a failure of imagination, a habit of hopelessness. Pastor John Buchanan says that Zechariah is the one who is really barren in this story because he can't imagine a different future. He's stuck. He can't entertain something new and hopeful. He shares the barrenness of us all when we cannot imagine or we have given up hope that the world can be any different than the one that we see on the news every day. Are we still expecting an announcement? Or do announcements have limits? If God were to provide a resolution to your spiritual longings, to your prayers that have gone on and on, would you have faith to believe the answer is true? Can God not continue to work through the ritual, the practice of the people, stepping into sacred space, doing what people do in that space, singing a song, lighting a candle, reading a scripture, offering generosity and hospitality to others, just the normal avenues of believing people, doing church for years and years, and then suddenly you are in the position to be met by God and used for God's purpose. But would such an announcement, an announcement of God finding a new way, would it find room to grow? Or would it be dismissed? Would we already presume what God can or cannot do?
Can we imagine ourselves as those who might go out to announce, listen to what God has said to me, how God has engaged my heart, the miracles that God has performed in me? Or does that vision make no sense whatsoever? No, we would be one who would remain silent, unable to share the possibilities for new life, too closed. Announcements don't always come in the form of loudspeakers and deafening voices. The store will be closing. The lights don't always go off and on. They don't always come, announcements, in the forms of postcards, social media posts. Sometimes the experience of the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart and says, don't be afraid, for there is a new opportunity coming for you, a new opportunity that will fill your heart, that can set your life right, that is an answer to all that you have been praying and dreaming for. Are we ready for such word? Wait, listen. God will be speaking. As we come into a time of prayer today, we are thankful for gifts that have already been given. Appears that some of our animals have leapt for joy today at the opportunity of meeting a new child soon. I am thinking of each, each face, each little hands, boy or girl that will hold these and in some way find comfort, uh, find a conversation partner, find, find a buddy for grand adventures, or just feel like someone cares for them this season. May each of these children and families experience joy in a new way. Perhaps you remember that joy you experienced on a Christmas. May that be shared with another. We pray God's blessing upon these gifts and others that will be received. Also invite you to pray for healing for Beverly Lewis today. I've received word she was hospitalized with emergency surgery on Friday. And so we pray that she will renew strength and, and recover swiftly. Let us prepare, prepare for a time of prayer with a song as we go to the Lord in prayer.
gracious and loving God. In this season, we pray you renew in us a sense of grand expectation. Where our hearts may become hardened, we pray, Lord, that your hope breaks through, that there is still in us the belief that our long-lasting prayers can be answered, that there is reassurance that you are listening always, that you are responding in our lives, giving good gifts of what we need most. Let our prayer not fail, Lord. Renew in us persistence in our speaking and our listening with you. Lord God, there is much in which we witness that, that causes doubt in us. Continued violence over the last few weeks, shootings and loss of life in places, clubs and stores where we would not expect for that type of harm to take place. Continued long-standing war in Ukraine even as lights go up around houses, we know there are those that do not decorate because they have no home. Even as we celebrated great Thanksgiving dinners, we know others struggled to find food to eat. Even those in our own family, Lord, suffer with illness and cannot seem to get well. A grief we've experienced has been more difficult to continue on than we expected. In the midst, Lord, of this sorrow, remind us also of your provision, of your blessing, of your light, of your faithfulness, of your calling upon us. And may this cause us to pray more and more that you would be with us through whatever we might be facing. We know, Lord God, that you will be with those that receive these gifts of stuffed animals. Um, may those children, Lord God, feel the love of the gifts that have been given. May they sense that they were from you. May your joy and your life enter into them through the giving. For each child, Lord, raise them up into the promises you have for them. Nurture them that they would thrive, that they would make grand difference in this world, that they would find faith in you. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to share our gifts. Thank you again, Lord, for this season. Christmas is great joy, but so is the waiting. We don't typically like to wait, Lord. But may we receive this time as a special gift in which we can ready ourselves in new and beautiful ways to hear your voice speaking to us, a birth announcement of new hope for each of us. This is my prayer for the community in Christ's name. We lift it to you in unison as we voice together the prayer your son taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, and thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sin, as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Dear Heavenly Father, we praise your holy name. We bring our tithes and offerings today in gratitude, and we ask for the guidance of your Spirit as we use them to further your kingdom here on earth. We pray always that thy will be done. In your name we pray, amen. Well, the dawn is breaking on this side over here. It's good to see you coming out of the dark. Wonderful. And thank you again for the folks that helped decorate last week. I did not say that during the announcements. It always brings a pop of color to the season. So thank you for those hands that were with us last week. To all the corners of the world, God is bringing announcement of hope. So be ready and watch, for the time is near. Salvation is at hand. Be at peace in the arms and love of God. Amen. We'll see you next week for our singing celebrations.